All right, thanks, Andrew, for leading us in worship today. All right, hey, church family. Hi, good morning. All right. Glad you're here today. Um, I want to welcome all of you who are watching online, too. Um, those of you who are gathered here in person. Uh, just as we kick off our message today, I just want to ask, um, anybody had a, a little bit of a, a Charlie Brown moment this Christmas season? All right, you guys know Charlie Brown, that, that beloved character. He always wants to do right, but inevitably it all goes wrong. Uh, that's Charlie Brown. Uh, we had a little bit of a Charlie Brown moment in our family. Uh, our, our son saw his Christmas gift, the Christmas gift for this year, uh, because we left a box open. So that was our little Charlie Brown moment this year, and maybe you've had one of those too. Um, but, but I really do love that Christmas special, A Charlie Brown Christmas, um, because I think we can all relate to it. We can all relate to Charlie Brown a little bit. Um, this, the Charlie Brown Christmas, you've probably seen it, it's been airing every year since 1965. So 55 years running, which I would say is pretty good for a show these days. Um, pretty impressive, actually. Um, but, but how can we forget that Charlie Brown Christmas tree? You know, that iconic, like, leaning over Charlie Brown Christmas tree? If you remember the, the story... Uh, Charlie Brown has to go and get a Christmas tree for the Christmas pageant. And of course, he goes out and he finds the smallest, thinnest, uh, weakest, you know, tiniest tree that he can find. It's so small, you know, you, it won't even hold itself upright when you put a single ornament on it. It just kind of falls over. And he brings this back and all of the other kids jeer him for this little dopey Christmas tree, and they start saying things like, oh, Charlie Brown, you can't do anything right. You're hopeless, Charlie Brown, and Charlie groans, and, and he goes, man, I can, um, everything that I do just um, turns into a disaster. That's what he says. And then he says, I guess I really don't know what Christmas is all about. And he cries out, is there anyone who knows what Christmas is all about? And of course, Charlie Brown's good friend Linus says, I can tell you, Charlie Brown, what Christmas is all about. And in this powerful mo moment, Linus confidently walks to the center of the stage. The spotlight falls on him, and he begins to recite the Christmas story right from the Bible, right from Luke chapter 2. And I'm going to put Linus's words up on the screen. It's actually the words from the Christmas story in the Bible. It's one of the most poignant moments in television. This is uh, from the Gospel of Luke, as Linus recites it. He says, um, Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flocks by night. And lo, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel of the Lord said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be the sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill towards men. That's what Christmas is all about Charlie Brown. 
Linus concludes. And at the center of this story is a word. And it's a word that I would say captures the meaning of Christmas, maybe more than any other word. And it's the word behold. 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 I bring you good tidings of great joy. We're in a series here at Hope, and we're looking at four words that are a part of the Christmas story that capture the meaning of Christmas. And they are the words, wait, listen, behold, adore. Wait, listen, behold, adore. And I just appreciate Steve last week talking to us about the word wait. And saying that Jesus is worth the wait. We're all waiting for Christmas. Jesus is is worth the wait. We talked about listen. Next week, we're going to have Drew Freed up here, and he's going to talk to us about that last word, the key word for this series, our response, which is to adore. But today, we want to look at this word, behold. Behold. What does it mean to behold Christ at Christmas time? to behold the wonder and glory of the season? The angel of the Lord came to the shepherds and said, behold. Jesus is something to behold, isn't he? Have you beheld him? Guys, if, if we miss Christ, we miss Christmas. And we don't want to do that. So let's talk about this word behold. What does behold mean? Why do we behold? Why is it so essential and how do we do it? That's what we're going to look at today. So before we get started, let's open up with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this morning. Thank you for Jesus who came to rescue us. Thank you for planning, even before we were ever born, even before you made the universe, God, you were already thinking about this plan to come and to save us. And so even before we were born, God, you knew us and you loved us. And that is an overwhelming fact. And then you came in Jesus to save us. So I pray today that like the shepherds, God, we would behold the wonder and glory of Jesus Christ. So help us to do that as we open up your word. We just ask that in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, we're going to be looking at just the Christmas story a little bit today, um, especially out of Luke 2, um, and that, that passage where uh, the shepherds, the angel appears to the shepherds. Uh, and what we see in this story is really that the Christmas story is inviting us to behold Jesus. The Christmas story invites us to come and behold. And we heard Linus quote right from the Christmas story, um, which is really cool because it's right on television, which, which is just amazing. You don't see that. Quoting from the Bible, Luke chapter 2, verse 8. And as Linus quotes the Christmas story, he begins to talk about how, how that night in a field near Bethlehem, there were shepherds who were tending their sheep. And an angel of the Lord appeared to the shepherds in radiant. It must have been so overwhelming to be before this angel because the scripture says that the shepherds were afraid. They fell back in fear. They were so overwhelmed. And the angel invites them to behold. Do not be afraid. Behold, I bring you of good tidings of great joy, a savior. Yes, Christ the Lord has been born for you today in Bethlehem, in the city of David. And that's the invitation of Christmas. It's an invitation to come and behold. And when we think about this word behold, um, it, it's, a, it's a word that means to stand in awe 
and be amazed. We think about this word behold. Behold is a word that means to stand in awe and be amazed. And when the angel of the Lord comes and announces to the shepherds, don't be afraid. Behold, what the angel is saying is stand in awe and be amazed at what God is doing. And as a way to put a punctuation mark on that, do you remember the sky fills up with a host of angels and they're praising God, saying glory to God in the highest. Come and behold him. Come and gaze upon what God is doing in your midst. And I just think about this word behold. And when, when I think about behold, it's not a word we use very often, but I think about beholding a sunset. You know, like standing and just being awe and amazed of this sunset that just takes your breath away. Or I think about uh, maybe moms and dads beholding your child, maybe seeing your child for the very first time. Behold, stand in awe, be amazed. And the Christmas story is over and over again inviting us to behold. It's really amazing how many times this word shows up um, at Jesus' birth. Matthew 1.23, quoting from Isaiah, Behold, the virgins shall conceive and bear a son, and they'll call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. So at the birth they're saying, Behold. Luke 1.31, the angel appears to Mary and says, Behold, you'll conceive in your womb and bear a son. You'll call his name Jesus. Also the wise men. Matthew 2.1, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem. Not just the wise men, the shepherds, everybody's beholding. Luke 2.10, the angel says, don't be afraid. Behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy. It's all throughout the Christmas story. Behold, behold, behold. Even John in his gospel, he summarizes the meaning of Christmas in four words. We beheld his glory. Wow. That's what Christmas is about. Christmas is about beholding glory. Christmas is about beholding the glory of Jesus. That's what Christmas is about. Charlie Brown. So today we're invited to behold the glory and wonder of Jesus at Christmas. And if there's one word that captures the meaning of Christmas, I think it's this word, behold. And I love this word because behold actually alerts us to something important that the angel is about to say, and that is why we behold. And the angel uses this word, joy. We behold for our joy. Isn't that interesting? See, the word behold is alerting us to something really important, something that God is doing that's going to bring us great joy. I was thinking about... Um, Every year at Christmas, our family puts up an advent calendar. Do any of you have advent calendars kind of around the house, up on the walls? Yeah, we've got, we've got two. Anybody have multiple advent calendars? Okay. So we, we have two calendars, which is good, um, because there's, there's a little bit of a debate going on this year in the Vincent house. There's a debate as to whether you start on December 1st on the one 
and you go to 24 counting down, or if on December 1st you start at the 24 and count down, see I'm already getting some head here. There's a debate, okay, okay, let's just take a little poll here. Pick a side, how many of you say on an advent calendar you should start on the one, December 1st? Okay, how about on the 24? Yep, yep, that's my wife. So we have this big debate going on in our home, but it's okay because we have two calendars. So even though it's split 50-50 in the Vincent household, we have one advent calendar that's going from 1 to 24, and we have another going from 24 down to 1. So everybody is happy in our home. But the cool thing about the uh, advent calendar is uh, one of them is a fabric calendar, and it's got the manger, um, and uh, there's 24 little pockets, and every day you can pull something out of the pocket. It could be a sheep, or it could be a shepherd, or Mary. Like, you never know what you're going to get, and that's, that's the fun of it, right? And so um, I love seeing my kids every morning run down the stairs to, to take out one of these figures from their advent calendar, and, and they do both, the one down and the one up, okay. But, um, but I just see the joy and excitement on their face every day. And what's happening with the advent calendar? An advent calendar is an exercise in beholding. Every single day you're beholding another aspect of the Christmas story. And I'm watching my kids experience the joy of that beholding. See, what does the angel say? The angel says, behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy. Do you guys see it today? Right? Our joy flows from beholding Jesus. And it's not just any joy, is it? It's great joy. Right? We behold Jesus. Our joy flows from beholding Jesus. And it's not just any old joy. It's great joy. The Greek word for the great there is the word Mega. Megas is the Greek word. So it's, it's mega joy. It's mega joy. See, the message of Christmas is mega joy. And what's amazing to me is so many people, and I think even people who've been in church their entire life, misunderstand the message of Jesus. And a lot of times miss the joy of Christmas. See, the big message of Jesus is not do or behave, like be kind, you know, bring a little peace on earth, help someone in need this, this Christmas season. That's, that's actually not the message of Christmas. See, the message of, of Christmas and the message of Jesus isn't do or become or behave, it's actually And I think what happens is as we're growing up, and we go through all this, you know, Christmas stuff. And, and I, I think as we grew up, we actually hear this message that, at Christmas that's very much you need to behave for your joy. Because what do we tell our kids? Oh, you better watch out. Huh? Santa Claus is coming. Right? He's making a list. Is he being good? He's checking it twice. He's going to find out who's not here and nice. The message of Santa is very much... You better behave for your joy. And in a nutshell, that's what a lot of people think about God. But the real joy of Christmas does not flow from our behavior. See, you actually cannot behave your way into a relationship with God. That's the honesty of the Bible. 
We come to the Bible and we begin to understand that we all fail. We all fall short and we will never be able to behave our way into a relationship with God. And the good news of Christmas is that when we couldn't reach up to God, God actually reached down to us and he gave us the unspeakable gift of his son. Today in the city of David, a savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. And so the message of Christmas, it is not behave, it is behold. Come, believe, come, behold. That Jesus has come to forgive our sins, to reconcile God and man, to bring peace to our hearts, and ultimately to bring peace on this earth. And that is his gift to every one of us. And how do we... Get that gift? Do we earn that gift? It's not about earning the gift. No, we were saved by believing and we're changed by beholding. Actually begins to transform our life. And so the message of Christmas is not behave for your joy, it's believe for your joy, it's behold for your joy. And that's where our joy is found. It's a message of mega joy. And I just think, there's so many joys every year at Christmas, whether it's presents under the tree or whether it's going out to see lights or whether it's gathering around a table with family and friends. But nothing else compares with the mega joy of knowing Jesus. Nothing compares to the mega joy of beholding Jesus Christ. We talk about the stable and the manger. Guys, Jesus didn't come to earth for a manger. He came to earth for me and for you so that we can have a relationship with him. So we're invited to behold. We have joy in beholding. And this is the word of encouragement today. Just very simply, come and behold. Come and behold Jesus. Give Jesus your full attention this year. Stand in awe. Be amazed. We don't use this word behold much anymore, do we? Anybody say, I haven't said behold in a long time. Like, um, you know, when you're decorating the tree, you get all the lights up, you plug it in. I bet you didn't say, behold the tree, you know, or your friend walks in, hey, behold, great to see you. Like, we just don't say behold. Maybe say behold sometime today and just see how somebody reacts. Like, hey, oh, behold, it's great to see you. We don't, we don't use the word behold. It's, it's really a word that is, is no longer a part of our everyday language. But what's interesting is when you read the original translations of the Bible, the word behold appears 1,300 times. That's a lot of times. You might not realize that because the word appears so much um, that many translators have just said, we don't need to translate it. This word is old. This word is unnecessary. We're just not going to translate it. So... The verse we looked at today, Behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy. You might check it out in your Bible translation, Luke 2.8. My Bible, NIV, doesn't say behold. They just didn't translate it. Because we don't speak that way anymore. And I wonder with this disappearance of the idea of behold, I just got to wonder, have we lost something? Do we know what it means to behold? 
Do we really know what it means to stand still, to cease what we're doing, and to give our full attention to what's in front of us? I mean, we live in a fast-paced, multitasking world. The holidays are hectic. We're going from one place to the next. I'm telling you, social media, we just you know, fly through our social media feeds. We barely stop to look at anything. See, we are in the habit of glancing and not beholding. And I wonder, have we lost something? Because I think for a lot of people, when it comes to a relationship with Jesus, a lot of us today are glancing and not beholding. We give, we give God a little glance on Sunday morning, and the rest of the week, we pay no attention. We give Jesus a little glance at Christmas time. Oh, the baby Jesus, isn't that sweet? We put a, you know, our nativity up, or, or maybe we come to a Christmas Eve service, and all those things are great. But we miss Jesus the rest of the season. I just wonder if we're so busy with all we need to do, if we've forgotten to behold all that Christ has done for us. See, God is actually inviting us today into this idea of beholding. Right? Stop. Give your full attention today to what Jesus has done. Stand in awe and be amazed. Come and behold him. What, is, what do the angels say to the shepherds? They say, come and behold. And uh, the shepherds hear the angels, and I, I love it because if you read the story, the shepherds, it says they look at each other. They're like, whoa. And they look at each other, and they're like, let's go and behold. That's pretty cool. They're like, oh, angels. Hey, I think we should maybe go and behold. So they go, and they behold. A Savior's been born in the city of David. Let's go and behold. So how do we behold? How do we keep the spotlight on Christ this Christmas season. And I just think, for all of us today, I just want to say, in some sense, you're doing that. By being here to worship today, you're doing that. What are we doing when we're gathering together? We're beholding Jesus as we worship him. It's one of the most powerful things we can do, whether you're here or whether you're worshiping online. Right? Christmas is all about worshiping Jesus. Um, Rick Warren once said, this is great, he said, long after everything else fades from this Christmas. Worshiping Jesus is all that will truly last. I'll say that one more time. Long after everything else fades from this Christmas, worshiping Jesus is all that will truly last. So if we want to behold Jesus, we want to come into these environments where we have opportunities to worship him. And maybe one of the biggest opportunities to do that is going to be December 24th, Christmas Eve. I want to invite all of you to come and be a part of it. We're going to be meeting here in person at 6 o'clock. If you can't make it in person, that's okay. We're going to be streaming live online at 6 p.m. And so if you're online, I want to challenge you, Christmas Eve, put it up on the big screen. Maybe you have some family around. Maybe you have some friends around. Just be like, hey, we're watching Christmas Eve at Hope. And we're going to put it on the big screen. It is such a powerful way to begin to gather people, whether it's here and inviting a friend to come here or just watching it online with family and friends. It's such a great way to show some of the wonder and glory of Christmas. So maybe it's, maybe it's worshiping, but what we're talking about today is not just 
celebrating on December 24th. It's not just celebrating on December 25th. What we're talking about today is actually lengthening our Christmas celebration, backing it up even to the start of the month and saying, we're going to take the entire month to focus on Jesus. And that's something that we call Advent. I don't know if you're familiar with the word Advent, but in our tradition, we call Advent the days leading up to the celebration of Christmas. The word Advent means coming or arrival. And so what Advent does is, um, Advent is actually a way of prompting us to pause every day and to think about why Jesus arrived. It's a really powerful thing. Um, and so growing up, I didn't celebrate Advent. I celebrated Christmas on December 25th. Maybe I went to a Christmas Eve service on December 24th. Um, but at least in the Benson home, over the years, you know, Christmas has started to lengthen from December 24th to December 25th, now through the whole month. And maybe at first it was just, we had a nativity set up. So we had our Christmas tree and we had our nativity. It wasn't much, but it reminded us the seasons about Jesus. But, but soon our kids came along and we got the advent calendars and now we're counting down the days, you know, keeping our, beholding each and every day a different aspect of the story to um, now what we're doing is we're actually reading every night from the Jesus Storybook Bible. Um, so if you have little kids, Jesus Storybook Bible, every story whispers the name of Jesus, and we're beginning to prepare our hearts for his coming, going through the Jesus Storybook Bible. And so our celebration over the years is starting to lengthen to where now it's, it's not just about Christmas morning, it's about celebrating Jesus the entire month. And I, that's what I want to encourage you to do today. Um, maybe you have older kids, maybe just you. There are so many ways to begin to celebrate Advent. And I just want to challenge you. It's not too late here on, what is it, December 12th? Today the 12th? 13th? Oh, that's a crazy day. December 13th, it's not too late to begin to bring Jesus into your daily rhythm. And, and I would just encourage you, um, go online. Google Advent Reading Plan. I did it this week just to see what's there. There's a ton of resources available. Advent Reading Plan. There's stuff for individuals. If you want to just read a little bit of the Christmas story every day, there's stuff for families. Um, moms and dads, I just want to challenge you today. Remember Joshua, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. So I want to just challenge moms and dads, wherever you're at, just to step up this year and say, as for me and my house. We're not just going to glance at Jesus on Christmas morning. We're going to come, gather together as a family, and behold him. That's what we're talking about today. The Christmas story invites us. It's for our joy. Guys, we don't want to spend the rest of the month of December celebrating Christmas and miss Christ. We want to make Jesus the, the focus of our year. We want to behold him to use Steve's word, he is worthy of our special attention this year. So um, as we wrap up, we are coming to the table today. Um, we're going to celebrate communion. So um, for all of you who are participating, you can just get your elements. But I want, I want to go back um, to this word behold as we come to the table, as we prepare our hearts. Do you guys remember John the Baptist? And when John the Baptist introduced Jesus, you remember what he said? He said, behold, 
the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. He said, Behold, stand in awe and be amazed at Jesus because he came to take away my sin. He came to take away your sin. He didn't just come for a manger. He came to die on a cross to pay the price for us and to take my place and to take your place. To bear the penalty for our sin so that we could have a relationship with God, so that we could come alive today to the joy and the wonder of a relationship with God. So, um, for those of you who are participating, uh, maybe you're at home online, you want to get your communion elements ready, but for those of you who aren't participating today, maybe, gosh, maybe you're just not sure about Jesus. And that's okay. Maybe you're younger and you just don't understand what communion is about. Just don't want to invite you today to just observe, just behold. It's okay. So let's, uh, let's take a moment. Let's prepare our hearts. Behold the Lamb of God. Now the story tells us Jesus on the night he was betrayed, he, he took the bread. And um, and he gave thanks, and he broke it, he gave it to his disciples, and he said, this is my body, which is broken for you. And in the same way, he took the cup, and he said, this cup is the new covenant. Covenant is, is an agreement, it's a new relationship. And he said it was, it was sealed in his blood through the, the shedding of his blood for the forgiveness of our sins. So that's what we celebrate today. That's what we remember today. Jesus said, do this in remembrance of me. And so I want to invite you today as you take communion to behold Jesus, to remember what he's done for you. To say thank you, to believe and behold. So let's pray and... Um, after we pray, I'm going to give you a chance to take communion on your own. Or maybe you want to um, pray with a family member or pray as a family. You can do that too. Um, but let's take a moment. Let's quiet our hearts and pray and prepare for communion. Lord, thank you so much for sending Jesus. When we couldn't find you, you came and you found us. And you came humbly as a baby going all the way to a cross to forgive us of our sins. And today we're so grateful for all that you did for us. Thank you for coming to save us and to rescue us. But we couldn't rescue ourselves. We failed in so many ways. And we just ask you today that you would forgive us, Lord. Forgive us for all the ways we've turned from you. Forgive us for not beholding you. Forgive us for giving you a glance on Sunday and the rest of the week not paying any attention. Train our eyes to behold. Give us a vision of who you are. Help us to know how awesome you are. And especially in giving us the gift of your Son, our Savior, the Messiah. So Jesus, we give you this time to work in our hearts. Thank you for your love for us. Thank you for meeting us in these moments. And we give it to you. In Jesus' name, amen.